As fabulous as you are, if nobody knows you exist, you're not going to get many clients. And you're not going to get that PR and that general buzz going about what it is you do. So listen to this because you're going to get some really good, straightforward, down-to-earth ideas and inspiration about getting more visible, but in a way that's going to align with you. Nothing flashy. All right? Welcome to the Make It Real podcast. I'm Trisha Lewis, your host. You're going to hear from fascinating individuals mainly small business owners who not only have story and skills to share, they also keep it real. This is a place of non-shouty, non-salesy, unsquashing conversations where your curiosity will be fed. talking to Stacey. Stacey Meadwell describes herself as a nerdy B2B property content writer making life easier for built environment businesses and comms teams. But she also says in her LinkedIn profile, pleasure to work with apparently. I love that. Yeah, she's a freelance editor and writer of countless years experience and has a very natural way of communicating so the conversation flows. And you will get a real sense of next steps to take on that visibility journey. So let's get going. So here we are. Finally, I get to actually see on a screen at least and speak to Stacey, having had many conversations on LinkedIn. We've commented on each other's posts and all the rest of it. But but now we're going to dig into something and it almost feels like we're in the same room talking. It's so good to have you here, Stacey. It's wonderful to be to be talking at last. It feels, as you say, it feels like we've already spoken and already met, although we haven't. This is the first time we've had an actual, I don't want to say it's not in person, but we've first time we've had a conversation where we're actually talking rather than sort of typing. Yeah, exactly. That is the magic of LinkedIn listeners, isn't mm. it? So, so Oh, Stacey and I was ha- having a chat there's so many things we could talk about and we both enjoy talking so we're going to have to we're going to have to keep some self-discipline but the thing that we're going to really dig into um, is very much connected to your journey that got you to being as you describe it a nerdy b2b property writer <laughs> I love I mean, you use that word nerdy quite a lot and actually I will ask you about that in a minute but yeah so so you've got a little journey with a connecting theme really that goes from presumably uni to what you're doing now so give us give us a little potted uh, version of that well the very potted um version of that is I didn't want to be a journalist or or write in any way um and I kind of fell into writing um my first uh I worked in contract publishing to start with and that's how I started started writing because they gave me some writing to do and I loved it. Um, and then I got a job uh, with a trade magazine, a B2B magazine aimed at the property industry um, and ended up staying there 20 years. Um, and when I went to the interview, I didn't even know if I wanted the job and they offered me the job there and then on the spot. And I said yes and thought, 
what have I done? What have I done? 20 years later. So it was obviously the right, right thing to do. Um, and that's where I sort of honed my sort of interviewing and writing, um, writing skills and various other things. So I moved into what I call performance journalism, which is sharing panels at conferences, that kind of stuff, um, which is something um, they encourage you to do. Um, and yeah, so I was there for 20 years, uh, was eventually regional features editor. So um, looking after a team of features writers, filling at one point a thousand pages a year, um, coming up with all the ideas, commissioning, editing, all of, all of that, um, which meant I got to travel all over the country, talking to lots of different people, which I loved. Um, and I just found the property industry really, really interesting, um, which is one of the reasons why I stuck with it for, for so long. Um, and then um, I, after 20 years, I got made redundant and that was fine. I was fine with that. I thought it's time to move on. Um, and I needed that kind of kick to, to get me out of it. Um, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was kind of looking around and thinking, what do I want to do? And then people started asking me um, if I could help them out with writing, with chairing, um, if I could help them learn to write better or do media training, so all of these things. And so before long, I thought, so my own business it is then. Um, so I fell into it. So it wasn't a grand plan. Um, and I've been learning about how to run your own business and how to market yourself ever ever since yeah brilliant i i mean is life generally is pretty unplanned um and th th there's often a sort of connecting theme at some point when you look back in hindsight but generally it's it's quite unplanned and and i remember going for an interview once and being offered a job and saying yes and then having to go and find a book that told me how to do the job that I'd just been offered. So, I mean, if you're the kind of person that instinctively said yes, um, then you know it's it's a it's a risk, but it it does bring out some adventures and takes you to places you never knew you'd go. So I think I think that's a great story. So journalism, of course, and this this is where we're going to find this sort of this rich vein to dig into because you also mentioned that you do media training, and so. Anyone out there who's running their own business, we're, we're juggling all sorts of balls because like you said, you have to learn all the stuff about running your business on top of the actual stuff that you're doing. So it's, it's um, yeah, it's great. Uh, <laughs> there are only so many hours in a day, but one of the things we have to do, obviously, is get visible, get noticed, get to broaden our reach um and we do that in all sorts of ways on social media pr potentially getting things written up in magazines might be a way um getting asked to be a speaker getting asked to be on a panel you name it these are all some of them people don't even think about they they get so um it's very easy actually isn't it to get stuck into oh i've got to post on linkedin every day oh i've got to post on my social media and slight, would you say that people are slightly forgetting about some of these other places where they should be being seen? Um, I, I don't know whether people are, are forgetting. Um, I mean, the people that I know that are in a similar situation to me that are self-employed um, are generally in the comms 
side of work anyway. So they understand the whole sort of being visible, being out there marketing um, anyway. Um, where I, th I think where it, it's less known as businesses that are not in on the comm side or, um, you know, particularly new businesses that are just starting out. Um, if they don't have the um, if they don't have a PR or aren't working with a PR or mark marketing team, which, you know, when you are starting out, you, you you're a small business, you don't have don't have the budget. So you have got to do it yourself. Um, so I don't come into contact directly with people that aren't in that position because I generally work with PRs um, and marketing teams with with the work that I do in in creating content and training. Um, yeah. what, what about this balance between being asked and asking? Okay, so so there are things that we can do as small business owners to get ourselves more likely to be asked, as in be asked to be a podcast guest, be asked to be a keynote speaker, be asked to be on a panel, be asked to write a ma magazine article, be asked to be a guest blogger, etc. Okay, there are things that we should be constantly thinking about that get us in. And then there's the, the sort of uh, slightly more pushy, as some people would see it. Um, I, I'm going to go out there and make phone calls or do some of this. Make a phone call? You must be joking. Who does that these days? And actually, you know, get some contacts and say, how about it? I could be this for you. I've got a viewpoint on this that would fit in with that. So, do you think we've do you think we've got to really balance both of those ways of looking at it? Um yes, um, yes, it is a balance. And I think the first um the first step is being being visible. If you're not comfortable with actually going out and actually pitching yourself to um, you know, for example, podcasts like this, if you you can pitch, if there's a podcast that you like and you think is a good fit for you, you can get in touch and, and pitch. Um, I mean, you know, there's 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 ways of, of of doing that, and I can come onto that if you want it, um, a little bit a little bit later. Um, but the initial stages is just to be visible. I, in fact, I was listening to ironically, I was listening to a podcast um, yesterday, and they were talking about the power of visibility and being that being front of mind. Um, and I think, like, if we're sticking with with LinkedIn writing stuff will get you so far but i think if you if if you want to be going on to podcasts if you want to be invited on to panels i think people need to see how you talk in you know in in person so i would suggest doing videos um you know get invited onto podcasts by by being visible by saying interesting things launch your own podcast i mean that's a whole different conversation about launch, launching a launching a podcast but showcase how you sound and how you are on video i mean the a lot of the work i've got i mean recently i hosted a half day conference um, I've chaired panels. I've chaired a lot of panels. I'd never actually done the whole hosting thing. But the reason that came about is because they saw me chairing a panel five years earlier. And so they, they'd seen me perform. So 
they had that gave them the confidence to approach me and ask me if I if I would host the conference. Um, so I think you have to do the stuff that you want to then be asked to do, if you know what I mean. And so, you know, if it if you're more comfortable sort of talking to people and getting quoted, um, then then obviously you need to be that comes across in in how you write and the sort of things you need to need to say the sort of things that you are saying and how you say it um but if you want to be asked onto panels then i'm um, actually is thinking just popped into my head i'm doing a linkedin live on friday linkedin live is a great way of being visible and you know if you want to kind of be asked to talk on panels you know, do a LinkedIn live, get a, get a well, couple let, of people well, to get a couple of people together. Uh, um, and I'm, then people can see people can people can see see you. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's might be horrendously nerve wracking, <laughs> but, you know, you, you only have to do 15 minutes. I think 15 minutes is the minimum. I, I need to I need to I've crashed. I've crashed the sound here because <laughs> the minute you said that um, I can't be alone in people who. Uh, despite I think having all the right credentials, have two or three times applied for LinkedIn Live and not been given it. And so I I don't know whether you've got any secret tips on that because I've got, you know, a good block of followers. I'm obviously out there on video. I'm regularly on LinkedIn. I'm active. I've got good engagement. Well, I'm not quite sure. Is there a is there a, is there a secret to getting offered link? Because yes, I agree with you. It's a great way to be visible um, and to show people that you're you're good at at um, doing that kind of live communication. But no, so you you don't know what the secret is, Stacey? No, no, I don't. I I apply. I mean, I applied and got accepted. But the LinkedIn live that I'm doing is actually. Um, uh, contact who's uh, there's there's three of us and that's so they're the person that's actually hosting it um, but I have been approved but they are making um, some changes to LinkedIn live to make it easier so maybe there they will it will be easier to to get approved or not I have no idea no. I mean I just filled in the form sent it off and a couple of days later they go you're approved so I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I failed to press a button. I'm trying not to get mortally offended, but um, somebody did suggest to me that I simply get a few people I know to sort of um, post, push it in their post because LinkedIn will pick it up on the algorithm and say, "Oh, Trisha Lewis, uh, LinkedIn." But you know, it, it. But I agree. That's a that's one way to get visible. I'll I'll sort my own problems out mm-hmm. there, Stacey. Um, without going off in a huff um but i love this simple simple message you have to do the stuff that you want to be asked to do that is quotable right okay that is quotable there we go <laughs> so you were t- you, we were chatting earlier and you were saying when you were looking as a journalist when you were looking for the stories obviously you'd get lots of people doing the proactive thing which i just mentioned the well, I, I'm going to actually approach this this publication or this podcast host or this whatever. So you, as a publication, you were getting plenty of people wanting to be there. So they were making this approach. And now, of course, you have to filter out who you're actually going to pursue. So give us some little tips on what we need to be. We'll reverse engineer this, Stacey. 
Well, the first thing that is important is to think of the audience that the journalist is writing for and what they're interested in, because what you want to talk about might not necessarily be what the audience that the journalist is writing for, um, what they want to know about. And the journalist is going to be looking for stuff that they think is interesting to their audience because they want their stories read. They want their articles read. So you've got to tick that box first. So you need to understand, you know, it's slightly easy with with trade. We knew, you know, generally we were talking to people who were our readers. So there, there was already that already that connection there. We did get people pitching from industries outside of our target audience. Um, the second thing is having something to say. Um, did get a lot of pitches going, uh, you know, we're a developer, we're doing something. Do you want to talk to us about it? And it's like, well, so what? There are a lot of developers out there doing a lot of developments. Why would we want to talk to you and not anybody else? So you need to have something to say other than the fact that you are doing something. I call it the who cares test. Why would anybody care about this thing that you're talking about or what you want to talk about? And if you can answer the kind of the who, who cares, um, I think the sort of final thing is, um, this probably won't be the final thing, yeah. <laughs> um, is, is making sure that, you know, look at what everybody else is, is saying. And if you're just going, you know, if you're, if you've got a similar thing to say, then maybe think about how you, how you say it or how you illustrate that point, um, I mean, a, a, a good example, we would be doing a market report and you might have three people talking about how difficult it was to get deals over the line. But then a fourth person might say getting deals over the line is like trying to kick a mattress up a hill. Who's the, who are you going to quote? You're going to quote the person that has told you, has, has mentioned kicking a mattress up a hill because it's a nice, colourful, interesting, very human quote um i would caveat all it all of this by saying don't talk in a way that is unnatural to you but if you do have an interesting turn of phrase if you do have an interesting way of making a point don't sort of dial it down if you're talking to a journalist or you're pitching an idea um you know journalists are looking for something that's interesting to their audience but they're looking for something that's maybe a little bit different that's maybe coming at things from a different angle and they're looking for somebody who can say something in an interesting way um i mean regardless of what you think about it um boris johnson got it was a journalist dream when he was both mayor and obviously now as prime minister because he's got away with words and you know i mean obviously he's prime minister so he's always going to get quoted but even before he was prime minister, you know, journalists would just lap it up because he's always got an interesting way, way of saying something. And that's, you know, putting to aside what you think of, think of him. But it, it worked. And he got he got quoted a lot because because of how he because of how he said something. But as I say, don't talk in a way that is completely unnatural to you, but don't dial down how you normally talk. Um I mean, I, one of the things that I do is a lot of ghost writing uh, for clients. So they will talk to me and I will write it in their, in their words. And I always actively encourage them to keep in the words that they would use in conversation 
and not trying to, you know, you hear about, there's a lot of people talk about being professional and talking in a certain way, which drives me up the frigging wall because there are, there's no rule book. There's no book that says when you are writing in a professional way, you have to write like this. So for, you know, a good example of that is, um, say, uh, you know, if I was writing about um, the healthcare sector and the, for, for somebody and they always use the word poorly rather than sick. So I would keep poorly in because that's very reflective of their personality. And it, it automatically makes it sound a bit more human. It makes it sound authentic to them. So, so when I'm saying about, you know, be colorful, don't be colorful if you're not a colorful speaker, but use the words that you would authentically use in conversation because that will help you stand out, especially particularly in the B2B sector. Everybody feels that they need to present in a certain way. And actually, if you can just be more yourself and be more authentic and use the language you use in conversation, you're going to stand out from, from the crowd. I, I love this. Um, obviously, as the author of a book, <laughs> The Mystery of the Squash Self, you can see that I, I have taken that route. Um, you know, I could have said, you know, investigating imposter syndrome. Um, uh, huh, a thousand people are writing about imposter syndrome. Um, so this is such an interesting thing, isn't it? Because it's about getting that balance. The word balance, honestly, I can't tell you how many times that comes up when I'm talking to people like this. It's because you, yes, you've got to have that differentiator, which you you know that colorful phrase that that slightly different way of putting things etc um whilst at the same time not being obscure to the to the point where well I don't think we're going to get any readers even hooking into this um and and you know so so I guess what you said is look around and see within the sort of scope of things you're passionate about you 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 go on about you it's your thing it's what you do as a business it's who you are as a person look around that that area but then take it and say yeah yeah I, I, I that this is something that people are talking about there's some people are interested in and I've got a really interesting way of putting it definitely definitely and it's it's having a take on something and you know thinking about well what aren't people saying around this topic? Because we all have, you know, you often find popular topics and people will be, there's, there's always something missing that people aren't saying, you know, say that, you know, stick your head above the, head above the parapet, um, you know, come at it from a different, come at it from a different angle. Um, there's always way, there's always different ways of, ways of approaching, approaching topics and sort of, you know, saying things differently and saying things that people aren't already saying um you know because we've all been they've seen you know well-trodden ground and everybody saying the same thing and regurgitating the same thing it's having it's finding that authentic view and that authentic angle on on something and you know we've all got a slightly different opinion we're all bringing a different experience to to a to a topic we've all got our own individual stories to tell so bring bring that forth, I would say. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I mean, I, I you know, and then and then the day you discover that somebody's written a blog and they've actually put your little phrase in there and said, as Trisha says, da 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 da, you think, <laughs> yay, result, absolutely. And so, I love this. Yeah, and and I think that's really solid advice and something to, I think people need to 
re-engage with because I think it's so easy to get as I call it sucked in by the shoulds there there we are that's one of my little expressions um you know and you and you find yourself losing that originality and and like you say that I mean I you know I was born in the 50s so I lived through this point where you turn on when you eventually got a television you know the news items would all be read in the same way the same words would be used there was etiquette books and all of that um was big but so everyone was slightly blanded out because we were all speaking the same way and then um even even as an actor actually and i know you've got an interest in theater you know originally um when you trained to be an actor you were trained to get rid of any uh regional accents and received pronunciation was the thing and you know thank goodness that we don't live in that world anymore so there is no way we should be thinking bland and camouflaged and fitting in and doing the right thing etc equally obviously if it's not our natural style to be swearing or using latin like somebody you mentioned does then why the heck would you suddenly start so it's Maybe I think having conversations and recording them is a really good little trick. Is you do this media training? So would this be something that you might advise people to do to hear back and observe back? I mean, I talk about try, observe, try, observe, try, observe. You know, as being the absolute way to learn how you're coming across, what your little catchphrases are, etc. Absolutely. It can be a really useful tool. I mean, the media training that I do, we do practice interviews. And obviously, when they've been online, we've been able to record them and play back and sort of watch through them. And you can then sort of see how you've how you've performed. Um, There can be huge, huge barriers to doing this stuff. Nervous. I mean, I, I was it took me a while to kind of relinquish the sort of corporate me from having worked in a corporate environment for so long when I started and it took me a long time to find my own voice um and you know there are still there are still kind of huge huge barriers I mean I'm looking to set up my own business podcast and somebody I know who's got their own business podcast just said just start recording just start recording you're not going to be perfect the first time but just start recording some stuff listen back see how you sound and that it will get better but you're you know and just accept you're not going to be brilliant first time but just do it and you won't you know you you will learn by just doing it and getting having having a go um so you know yes video video is a good way seeing yourself on seeing yourself on video or you know or audio talk talking to a microphone you know we've all got a smartphone that you can do voice messages and stuff so have a have a have a go um you know practice doing little videos that you can upload to 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 linkedin you know i mean i do videos and sometimes it can take me ridiculous a number of number of takes to get something that i'm reasonably happy with but it's only because of doing them and, you know, keep going and keep going that you kind of, you know, in each one you do, you, you, you sort of realize something you could have done a bit, bit better. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's just practice, but it's just getting over that initial that initial kind of discomfort. And it just feel it does feel horrible when you're first doing it. I mean, you know, it took me months to build up to doing my first video. Um, and, and ironically, I find them much easier to do if I'm outside and I'm walking around. 
I can talk into my phone as I'm walking down the street quite happily. Sit me on the sofa or at my desk in front of my phone. It just takes three times as long for me to, I don't know. It's it's weird, but it's fine. It's not everybody's like that. You know, it's finding your way. I mean, I start first started doing video because I started doing um, video um, little 60 second reviews as I come out of the theatre. As you alluded to earlier, I have an interest in theatre. I'm a theatre blogger on the side. and at first I would record them when I got home because I didn't want to kind of, you know, I was embarrassed kind of standing outside a theatre talking into my phone. And so I did that for a little while just to get kind of comfortable with it and got used to sort of me being out there, a video of me talking, being out there in the ether. And then once I got used to used to that, then I then the first one I did outside, it was pouring with rain. So I had my umbrella up and I thought, oh, I could just do it. I'm under the umbrella and no one can see me and I can just be walking. But then once I did that, it just became so much easier and I do them mostly do them outside the theater theater now um or as I'm walking away from the theater just you know at, but it's taken it take it's a journey it's yeah, a journey to yeah. kind of get get to that point and so so yes practice practice makes perfect and you know there's always there's never not a first time and everybody you see who's brilliant at doing these things they started somewhere they weren't always like that they've been on that journey to get to get to the point you know the people on the reading the news on on the tv the people doing the you know the big interviews on 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 the radio they all did their first interview they all did their first stint on tv absolutely and, and absolutely. They, they did you know so they had yeah. to start somewhere it, it, it's it's yeah i i i absolutely concur uh, from personal experience with all of that and not quite recently and i do this fairly regularly not self-obsessive regularly but I go and sort of clear out kind of archives um so I'm looking there for um and recently I really did find some quite old stuff on DVD as well of me performing uh, me doing cabaret and then um and and even that so that's not even in the business sphere this was previous I now look at having learned what I've learned in the business world which means that I've constantly challenged myself, looked back, observed, tried it a slightly different way, seen what the reaction is, become more relaxed, et cetera, et cetera. So now even looking back at me doing cabaret, I'm thinking that's a bit, it's a little bit contrived, <laughs> that kind of way you've approached. And I wouldn't do it like that now. So, you know, yes, I was a, I was a good performer. Yes. It's same with acting, but but I, but I'm still constantly learning, and it's kind of, it, it, you, you become more and more somehow in tune with something inside you, which is really difficult to explain, but it will happen. You, you have to trust the process. I think is the expression people use, and as a, as an actor back in the days where we were using VHS tapes. Um, all the stuff I did often got recorded and then we'd all sit around and look at it. And so we did. We did have to do that whole kind of, oh, my God, why did I do it like that? Oh, my God, look, I look so stiff. Um, and it was, I think, a really good training because you became vulnerable enough because actually it was the accepted thing. Being an actor, it is accepted that you go into a rigorous process of somebody pulling you apart, getting you to try it a different way, et cetera, et cetera. You're in it together. It's a level playing field. There's no hierarchy involved. You could be with Judy Dench and she'd go through the same process. So 
I think that's a, a muscle that I've grown through that process. But the only way to do it is to go through that process constantly and ask for feedback. Listen to yourself. I agree. Sometimes walking around makes it much easier to flow when you're talking. So if that's you, then take make sure you've got your nice headphone thing or an external mic somehow, Lavelia mic, so that, you know, and if it's a bit windy, put one of those little wind things on your mic. Um, but generally, just that idea of walking, talking, thinking, I, I agree, for some people that works really well. It just unblocks. Because I think the minute you sit, you think, ah, spotlight mode, spotlight mode, <laughs> you know, um, which again, do it though, because it will become more and more natural as you do it. And you're right to point out, Stacey, none of these people were born as perfect newsreaders or performers or podcast guests or any of the rest of it. And um, there's the, the, yeah, love it. So bringing this, bringing this round, because there's a lot of really useful thoughts there for people to, I think, re-engage with and motivate themselves to, to step out. So You've got people who, do you find that some people are naturally more at one, more at home with written ways of being visible than, than you know, the video stuff and the podcast stuff? And do we need to accept that and really focus in on that? Or should we be expanding our comfort zone? What, what are your experiences with people you've and yourself? on that um i mean i think some people are more comfortable with written some people are more comfortable with audio some people are more comfortable with video um you know writing is obviously what i've worked i've worked with words all my life so that's naturally my place of comfort although writing for me as a business was a big stepping stone for me having worked for a magazine and been under the brand of the magazine and been a journalist and had all that it was easier so having to learn how to be me and be my authentic self was was a huge challenge and I know some people would never you know I always said I would never do video and then I ended up just doing it um I think what it comes down to is what is your purpose? What do you want to get out of it? What you want to achieve? If you can achieve, if you feel more comfortable writing stuff and you can achieve what you need to achieve from writing stuff and it would give you a nervous breakdown or complete palpitations to do a video, I would say fine, stick with, stick with, stick with writing stuff. Um, you know, I've, I've got a friend who who is the opposite really likes talking and finds writing expressing through words much more tricky they've set up a podcast and that works brilliantly for them because they can just talk they can just talk through what's in their head and get what's in their head out and that's the medium for them so I think there is an element of finding what it works for you but ultimately you've got to think about the purpose you know if, if you if, you know if you if podcasting terrifies you or video terrifies you and you it's not but it, and it's not delivering what you want it to then don't bother but if it if it's what you if it's what is necessary to achieve what you want to achieve then you need to just rip the plaster off and go for <laughs> it and train and train and train yourself you know and just 
try it and get, you know, and get better. I mean, you know, I've, I, I know people, you know, and even in the written, um, even in writing content, some people are very nervous about putting their opinion out and having a view and putting their head above the parapet. And I completely understand that because I was in that position when I was a journalist, it was fine. But when it was me, it was like, oh, it's me saying this now. It's not me, the journalist saying this. It's just little old me saying this. So it took me a while to kind of get used to that. And one of the, you know, one of the things that um, I advise people to do is if you feel uncomfortable putting your opinion out there as a as a proper written post, as you know, writing a post and saying this is what I think about this start off by commenting on other people's stuff and just expressing an opinion in a comment. I mean, obviously don't be a troll and don't be horrible to people, but you know, if somebody's written something and you have a view on it or a take on it, put it in the comment. And that is, you know, that is just getting your opinion. And it's, it's an easy stepping stone to getting used to sort of feeling comfortable with having your views out there in the ether. You know, from there, it might be that, you know, you think, well, actually, I've got more to say about this, so I can write a, I can write a post about it. But it's, it's one of those kind of, it's just a little step you can take. I mean, with video, there's no kind of, you either do a video or you don't video. There's no kind of half, half measures with the, with the video. You've got to go and do it. But certainly I would suggest that's a nice little stepping stone if you're nervous about putting your views I out like there. That. Yeah, I like that a lot. And also sometimes, and I know I did, I've done this a couple of times, you've read a post and you've sort of really quite disagreed with it, but you, you know, you, you don't have a bad vibe about the person who's written it or in the, and, but you disagree almost too much to write a comment, but what you can do is take that idea and then write your own post with, with a sort of thing like, um, I've read, I've read a few things recently about such and such, and I find them really interesting. So it's not being, you know, sort of trollish or, you know, dissing people for their views. It's, and I find them really interesting. And it got me thinking about the way I see this, you know, so it's using those kind of phrases, isn't it? So you yeah. can, so you're not just going in there, all guns blazing, you know, this is it, I know everything. And what I say is right. You're, I, I call it, everything has to be with a conversational mindset so yeah that that's kind of how i explain it so if you go in with that and curiosity mindset then you're not going to be offending people but you are going to get that viewpoint and that perspective out there which is really important because I, I i just wrap up by saying you know we <laughs> we don't have that many years on planet earth um uh, as you know one of my one of my side hustles which i can't possibly call it that is um that i do funerals as a celebrant and so i am constantly hearing people's life stories you know and the one thing that that reminds you of on a you know personal basis is honestly please we don't have all the time in the world to be worrying about I better not say this I better not say that I better not do this I better not do that but just find your way through being able to do that that doesn't that doesn't come across as as you say trolly or any of those things this is, I, I I've realized I'm going off into territory here Stacey which means we could go into a whole nother conversation but let's wrap it up so we'll wrap it up by um telling people how they would engage with you? Well, I'm on LinkedIn. So follow me, connect with me on there. 
Um, and I have a website, which is stacymeadwell.com. And that t- tells you all about what I do. And I also have a blog on there where I talk about writing content and media training and all the sort of lessons and tidbits and things that I've picked up over the years. Really, really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Do connect with Stacey. And, um, and oh, I said I'd come back to the word nerdy. So you actually use it in your LinkedIn headline. Uh, another thing that, in fact, I discussed with my last podcast guest. Um, and uh, how, what, what, what was your thinking behind that? Um, yeah, well, my thinking around my uh, my headline on my on LinkedIn was I went through various iterations, as I'm sure a lot of people do. And, you know, when I first started using LinkedIn to market myself, I didn't know anything about marketing because I hadn't, you know, been a journalist. It wasn't that wasn't my world. Um, So it was a huge, huge, huge learning curve. And I sort of followed other people's ideas. And they never felt really authentic to me. So, and, and, and there was certain, certain kind of formula that people use. And I just started seeing that formula everywhere. And I just thought, I don't, that's not making me stand out from the crowd. And nerdy, I say I'm a nerdy property writer is because I could wax lyrical about property. I, you know, as any of my friends will attest to if they are something, and then that's me off um, and running on, on the topic. So um, and, you know, it's a USP for me, for my business, because I work with businesses in the built environment. And one of the reasons people like working with me is because I understand the built environment, because I spent 20 so, years talking yeah. to people and writing about it. So it kind of it, it felt like it was me, but it was also kind of was a good selling point as well. So it nice. ticked to two boxes. So that's where the nerdy comes from, because I, I love it. Person. I love it because when you in those uh, that's that's a perfect way of describing it, because in these short you know, um, restricted places where you have to put, where you have to get so much across in so little words. Like you just said, if you tick a couple of boxes in one word, job done. I mean, that that is that is a definite win. Thank you. I'm, I'm going to shut up now. Um, we will talk again and we will continue talking via the medium of LinkedIn as well. But it, it's been an absolute pleasure to almost feel like we're in the same room together, Stacey. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. Take action. Try this one small step. I think you've got to go for that if you don't ask, you don't get piece of advice, really. So start communicating with people who maybe host a podcast, ding, or maybe have publications that you could write for, or a blog that you could be a guest blog on. Whatever your thing is, make sure people know that that's your thing so that they can easily come to you when the moment is right. You don't need to be pushy. You just need to be visible. Let's stay connected. Listen, I'm all about helping solo entrepreneurs, small business owners, make sure they have real communication impact as themselves. Anything that weakens their impact or creates the wrong impact, we sort. And my take on imposter syndrome is the squashed self. Have you heard of my book, The Mystery of the Squashed Self? It's got a lot of good reviews, so head over to Amazon to get your hands on the ebook or the paperback. And all the links, of course, to all of my resources are on trishalewis.com. <laughs>